Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just had a great rip. Alcohol-induced. I was drinking Pinot Noir. He was drinking whiskey. We talked about the topics that have happened. Uh, Topics that have happened. That's bad phrasing. We talked about a bunch of topics. Um, New, fresh content since we last met and congregated on Monday. I think you guys are going to like it. Gets very passionate towards the end. Sorry if uh, the, the decibel levels of the sound get uh get increased towards the end from my mic particularly uh i got very passionate uh this episode of rabbit hole recap is brought to you by our good friends at unchained capital they're creating financial services for bitcoiners with a focus on security so their their product that focuses on security most is their volt product actually all their products focus on security first none more than the other the volt product specifically is a two or three multi-sig setup you can actually do more NMM setups if you want to get more creative with them. Uh, and basically what happens is you hold, in the in the example of two of three, you hold two keys. Uh, could, right now you can use a ledger or a treasure to create those keys, soon to be a cold card as well. And then Unchained holds the third key. You can always move your UTXOs out of a vault with your two keys. But if you ever are in a pinch and need Unchained to sign, uh, that second key for you, they are there to do that. On top of that, they have their loan program if you're ever in a pinch for us dollars you can use your bitcoin as collateral to get a same day loan uh, sent right to your bank account Uh, you put your bitcoin up as collateral they put uh, us dollars in your bank account and then on top of that they're working on incredible open source technologies and uh, open source education with their blog Uh, the multi-sig setup that i described earlier is open source with their caravan product you can create that multi-sig quorum by yourself without unchained if you so please on top of that they're working on hermit and slip 39 and uh, mentioned the blog they've got parker lewis's gradually then suddenly and uh, drew bensall joe kelly phil geiger will cole also putting out some incredible content on that blog as well this episode of tales from the crypt rabbit hole recap is also brought to you by your good friends at the cash app shout out to the motherfucking cash app they've been doing an incredible job trying to help people through this uh through this crisis are we calling it a crisis? Is it technically a crisis already? It might be. Um, they did a random uh, cash giveaway today. I saw Jack uh, quote tweeted somebody asking how Cash App can help get these uh, stimulus payouts directly to people via Cash App because a lot of people that have Cash App don't have traditional bank accounts and they use Cash App as their 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 bank account basically. And it's incredible what new wave banking is doing. Uh, for usability and, and the the ease of use and accessibility, that's the word I was looking for, to money and monetary services in the modern day. Uh, on top of that, they are letting you guys stack sats. We already know all about this. You can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats if you so please. They're making sats to standard as well. If you have Android right now, uh, you should be able to make sats to standard on your app. iOS, we got to wait a little bit longer uh, and I hear they're rolling out uh, auto buys as well. On top of that, they have Cash App Investing. If you're buying these stock market dips today, it ripped. If you're waiting for that dip uh, and your favorite stock is still a little too expensive, you can buy a sliver of that stock, uh, as little as $1 to be clear. And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. So you can start investing today. Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. Uh, so go download the Cash App. When you download it, if you haven't done that already, use the code Stacking Sats. That's one word: S T A C K I N G S A T S. 
you're going to get $10 and then $10 is going to go to our very, very good friends in Chicago at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Use the code stacking sats. Download the cash app and enjoy this episode. I fucking love you guys. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap here for our Thursday rip. Ooh. Matt's got some whiskey. I've got some wine. I'm going to relax here. It's a sunny day where I am. Looks like it's a sunny day where you are. It's beautiful over here. Been a crazy week. We had a good rip on Tuesday. A lot lot to talk about then. There's still a lot to talk about now. It was, it was a lot Monday, is happening. It was Monday, Marty. It was Monday. It was Monday. Losing track of the days. Um, I was a lot angrier earlier this week. I was a, a lot angrier until this afternoon, until I had a conversation with Michael Krieger from Liberty Blitzkrieg. That episode will be dropping in the morning. Uh, I mean, he's got me feeling a lot more optimistic and positive. So let's let's keep a positive, optimistic, forward-looking tone on this rabbit hole recap. Oh, I'm always optimistic. There's no need for uh, a reminder. Yeah. Um, though I'm sure we will go on tangents where we do get a little angry, uh, right now, I guess we'll start. We don't have this on the list, but important to note last night, uh, we had a difficulty adjustment, a pretty big downward difficulty adjustment, uh, negative 16%, I believe, uh, rounded that's rounded. It was negative 15.95%. Um, yeah, block 622,944, I believe. Second largest in history, right? Yeah, and the second largest the, in the history. largest in the ASIC era. If you were, um, yeah, and if you're you're looking at block times as this period, they're still pretty slow. Hash rates fallen pretty significantly um, over the last week. Blocks are coming in still, even after the negative sixteen percent difficulty adjustment at eleven minutes and fifty seconds. So almost two minutes um, uh, more than the ten minute target. Uh, with that being said. Uh, the price is still hovering around six thousand seven hundred twenty-four dollars. Uh, the average fee or subsidy, I th- think, is up a little bit more since we spoke on Monday. It's three point five four percent. Average fees are around point uh, four four Bitcoin, and that's uh, over the last two thousand sixteen blocks. So yeah, it's an interesting uh, era of hash rate right now. There's a lot of confluence going on. With the price falling, obviously, the last few weeks, it has recovered well. Um, S9s are at the tail end of their life cycle, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are um, are are being turned off. And then HUD-8 I, actually came out. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see HUD-8's announcement? No. They came, out and anou- they came out and announced that they shut down 35% of their, their, uh, their miners recently. So that's definitely cons- uh, contributed as well. I wonder how much of it is the price fall and how much of it 
is just like coronavirus logistics issues because hut eight's explanation was the price yeah but i i mean they don't control that much hash right so yeah like how much nothing i think probably less than one half a percent to one percent right so i wonder how much of it was because when you when you think about it when you're like when your employees are quarantining themselves and when you're like trying to move things around and deal with all this other shit, um, I could see how it could create a stoppage of operations. So I wonder like how much of it is hash that won't come back online and how much of it is hash that regardless of price is going to come back online. Or come online for the first time. Well, that too, of course. But like, for instance, like my... My lightning node was offline for almost a day while everything was going to shit, you know, and I had to like get it back up and like move it around and stuff. My like Noddle Dojo, I had to, I had to go extract it like three days after I bugged out and go pick it up because it had, it had turned off. Um, like shit like that, you know, like little like logistics things that people take for granted that in times of crisis, like you have to deal with. I wonder how much of it was that, but either way, difficulty adjustment working as designed. Um, the miners that are still hashing now have better profitability than they did yesterday. Yeah. It's the beauty of Bitcoin's design. And I, and staying in that same vein of people being home, not being able to do stuff. I mean, this is playing out in the gold markets, or at least that's what's being advertises the uh, refineries and gold dealers that are having to force their employees to stay home have really created a uh, a conundrum in the the bullion delivery market and so and the mines too and the mines as well and really more particularly that the refineries and the and the the the, the, the gold gold dealers um, and so Roy Sebag who has made some bad comments about Bitcoin in the past, but I think he's turning a leaf and becoming more <laughs> supportive of Bitcoin. He's the I founder of Gold Money, Gold Money and Mene. Uh, Mene is great. He, yeah. And he was saying that today, and we actually talked about this with Michael Krieger too, that he's looking to buy a hundred million, or he has bought a hundred million dollars worth of gold in the last day, wanted to buy more. And he's looking for, uh, physical dealers who are willing to sell outside of the uh, Comex LMBDA uh, or wait, wait, wait. London. Roy is trying to buy a hundred million dollars worth of gold. He already did. He put in an order for a hundred million that got filled. He wants to buy more for his company to resell to other people. Yes, or yeah, for himself. Yeah, yeah no, he's not, like, no, no, he's, he's not like. he's not like swinging. That'd be crazy. I was like, I didn't think that highly of him. That's pretty impressive. If if he was just personally buying a hundred million dollars worth of gold. Yeah. So that's, that's a big question going around a gold markets. What I wrote about, about yesterday has been that huge conspiracy in the gold bug realm for years that the paper claims markets and futures markets and ETF markets have been used as a conduit to sort of suppress prices. And they've been able to do that because uh, the physical bullion market sort of uh, always had steady uh, flow and this flow is being uh, really messed up right now. And the uncertainty that's in the air is really driving individual consumers to demand physical. 
So the question is, is, is this truly just a, a hiccup in the market because of uh, the inability for uh, the refineries and the dealers to actually go to work and facilitate these trades? Or is the uh, strong demand via consumers for the physical bullion beginning to show cracks in the paper claims markets? And so that's something I mean, to pay attention to. It's probably a mix of both, right? Like, it's a pain in the ass to send gold around. I mean, it's a logistical nightmare. Uh, like, in times of crisis, Bitcoin's real liquidity is better than gold's because of that, I would say. Um, you know, you don't see that issue. You don't see that issue with Bitcoin. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. I mean, uh, imagine buying $100 million worth of gold and trying to have it delivered to you within a day. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, what? It, it, with Bitcoin, you just paste a fucking address. Yeah. Make sure you triple check, too. Triple check. If it's $100 million, you should probably, you should probably, you should probably triple check. That, that's for Tri- sure. Yeah, and use something like Caravan uh, on, a, on an air-gapped device so that you, you know that you're not getting a copy swap there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I would triple check, phone calls, everything. I don't know. Yeah, that's something I would definitely pay attention to going in here. It could be a nothing burger. It could truly be just the logistics uh, are are being uh, messed up because of the coronavirus and people not actually being able to get to work. But some people are, are surmising that it may be something else as well. Um, so keep an eye out on that. That's something that's been talked about for a while. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Again, could be a nothing burger. I'd probably trend towards it being a nothing burger. Um this was cool. Something I wrote about today, Matt Alborg, who's put the team on his back, uh, particularly dissecting data about how Bitcoin's being used in emerging economies, particularly in Latin America. He, uh, via his open money initiative, dropped some new content yesterday. Highly recommend you guys go check it out. I wrote about it today in the Ben. He basically dissected the effects of the rolling blackouts that Venezuela went through last year, uh, around this time last year, exactly, actually. Um, and how that affected local Bitcoin markets in Venezuela and actually around the world, in Latin America, in the U.S. even. The, the blackouts, uh, which did not allow people to use the Internet, had an effect on local Bitcoins markets in Venezuela, in Colombia, Peru, Argentina, and the U.S. And the way they were able to prove this is they overlaid the average transactions that should have happened with the actual transactions and uh, the Internet connectivity over time. And it, it pretty... Uh, pretty starkly prove that uh, demand on local Bitcoins across many markets dropped when the internet wasn't up in Venezuela, which led uh, Matt to conclude that uh, Bitcoin's being used very heavily as a remittance rail for Venezuelans and people trying to get money in and out of that country. Yeah, one side of the majority of trades is usually a Venezuelan was basically yeah. where his analysis came out. And he has great charts. The charts are awesome. Yeah, they're beautiful charts. And no, he, he got some uh, anecdotal evidence too. With uh, He did some interviews with traders, uh, Venezuelan traders on local Bitcoins. And yes, remittance and Bitcoins being used as an alternative, alternative rail to move money in and out of uh, Venezuela. And Venezuelans are either converting that Bitcoin quickly into Bolivars or dollars uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, via the anecdotes he was able to collect by talking to some of the traders 
Uh, some people in Venezuela are working for Bitcoin. Some are uh, believe in the technology and are stashing a bit away for long-term holds. Uh, others are are using it to to pay U.S. dollar invoices, and it's just really interesting the way uh, Bitcoin's being leveraged in Venezuela by Venezuelans and people trying to interact with the Venezuelan economy. I mean, I've seen a lot of haters say that because it's used as a rail, um, that that doesn't count as the safe haven narrative. And I just want to say that I feel like it all falls under safe haven because whether you're using it as a rail to get U.S. dollars or you're actually holding it yourself or you're earning it and then using it as a rail, it's providing safety in that capability of being able to obtain what you want to obtain. So I think it all falls under the same category there. No, that and it's, it's getting people who are using it as a rail more comfortable with it as a technology. And again, I say this a lot, there may be an order of operations to this thing. And this may be uh, one of the low level operations necessary for the people of Venezuela and the people interacting with Venezuela Venezuelans to develop the confidence to, to believe that Bitcoin could be successful in the long term. So very bullish, I thought this article was. Yeah, I love Matt's work. Everyone should check it out. Yeah. Um, obviously, we will uh, link to that in the show notes. This is really cool. You'll be able to describe this better than I can. Uh, Rodolfo sort of uh, teased us with this earlier this week, but... Uh, uh, CoinKite, which is the creator of ColdCard, and OpenDime has released a ColdCard adapter. Uh, you can power your OpenDime or ColdCard uh, from a standard 9-volt battery now. What's going on here, dude? Yeah, you can power basically... So, you know, one of the things that a lot of people uh, wanted to do with their ColdCard is... so. The way the cold card is designed, you don't have to connect it to a computer. You can use the SD card to shuttle your information back and forth. Um, so immediately what people wanted to do was connect it to battery packs. Um, and a lot of, and the cold card and the open dime are both very they're low they're low voltage. So they don't draw that much power. So a lot of battery banks, and we saw this with the workshops we were running with Bitcoin Citadel, a lot of the battery packs don't they turn off like mid usage they just turn off because they they're like too smart for their own good they don't have like a power button they just think there's no power being drawn so i'm just going to turn off like it's supposed to know when there's power being drawn so what he did was he just created a very simple board it kind of looks like a cold card um that you can plug a regular 9 volt battery in and it can power any kind of low voltage device that's connected to its usb port and the reason there is um, we have issues where you could get a compromised power brick or you could get a compromised cable. Um, and, and, and those are attack vectors. You know, they make like little cables that connect to Wi-Fi and they look like a regular iPhone cable. Um, so it's just one step closer to the ideal of, of, of being you know, completely insulated from these, these threats. I mean, you still have the cable issue. Um, the trust to actual cold to the trust to coin kite is reduced because it's such a simple little board. It's just this tiny little, it's, it's completely visible. You can see everything on it. Um, like the open dime. Um, and you just connect a little nine volt battery to it. I like, I like the simplicity of it. I like, I think, 
their designs are always sexy. This is a very sexy design. And I think the price point is reasonable. $15 seems like a very reasonable price point. And, you know, everyone has 9-volt batteries, and you're good to go. That seems very dope. Shout out to Rodolfo and crew. Or probably just Cause Rodolfo. Because those, those battery packs could also be compromised. You know, if you go on to go down the rabbit hole. Um, and the bigger the battery pack, the the smarter, in quotations, the battery pack. You know, like, who knows what's going on in there? So it's just a... I, I like it. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, so if you're ultra paranoid, you could take this in the woods where there's no Wi-Fi connection nearby. If you're worried about your your cable, plug this in, create a PSBT, and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, look, I personally... You know, the cold card's designed, so you should be able to plug it into a computer and not be compromised. So I usually just use a wall plug. Uh, shame. Shame on me. Shame. But, um, shame. It's all about trade-offs and understanding your threat model and deciding for yourself based on the threat model. Um, the other thing he mentioned, uh, I mean, this is unverified. There's no way for us to verify this. But he mentioned that uh, this last week was his highest sales for cold card ever. Um, which goes along with my belief, which is why I've um, increased the amount of guides that I'm working on, is that in this period where everyone is home, um, in a time of crisis specifically, uh, they're more likely to get their act together, to, to, to learn about better you know, self-custody in the case of cold card, to learn about coin join, to run their own node. Um, so hopefully we can turn what is otherwise a bad situation into a very positive situation where Bitcoin's concerned. Hey, it's the theme of this episode, positive vibes. And I just one note, I had my cell phone near the recorder for the first 13 and a half minutes. I'm hoping to God it did not create feedback, but in case it did, thank God we have the zoom audio. Uh, I will, I will patchwork that together. That's what, uh, well, that mean, was the bane of our audio problems uh, for like the first 110 episodes. The good news is, is that the freaks will be able to hear me nice and clean. They will yes. just, it'll just be you who has the issue. Yes. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it didn't pick it up. There was a message sent around the 13 minute, 30 second mark. And I have a feeling that will create some feedback. Hopefully that's it. And you were talking during that. So hopefully I can mute it. But um, yeah, I mean, either way, the freaks won't realize except for us talking about it right now, because you'll just use the zoom audio for that part. Yeah. Um, no, positive Wait, vibes only. On that topic, episode. did you see that uh, the SEC stopped trading of uh, Zoom technologies? Zoom? Which is yeah. Which is not Zoom video, because Zoom video is ZM, which has been a very hot stock all of a sudden, because all the, the boomers discovered it existed. Um, but a lot of people have been accidentally trading Zoom technologies, which is completely unrelated, so they stopped trading on it. Which just kind of brought, you know, it reminds me of the Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin shit. Yeah, I hope uh, hope some of the executives at Zoom Technologies dumped, took some profits there. Because they went up like 100%, didn't they? They were up more than real Zoom. They were, for a while, the actual best trade, even if you were aware, was to actually buy, buy Zoom Technologies instead of Zoom video conferencing. Even though Zoom video conferencing was pumping too. Crazy shit. That's the efficient market hypothesis for you. The The confusion was priced in. Yeah, it was totally priced in. Market had to cover it. It's completely efficient. 
<laughs> had coronavirus. The halving's priced in. Coronavirus is priced in. Stimulus bill's priced in. Everything's priced in. Don't even try to don't even try to make uh, speculative bets. It's all priced in. Why even try? Did uh, you see the is, ZBD uh, SDK explainer video? I'm fucking hyped about yeah, it. Very great video. High quality production. Uh, and I like the way they marketed their product. They're saying, hey, uh, game developers, and just as you would spin up a AWS cloud, Azure cloud, if you want to form fit your game and make it so your users can get actual value out of the time they're putting in, we're going to set up a similar service that allows you to connect to our nodes um, and facilitate these payments in-game for you. Um, I mean, not physically, but you connect to our infrastructure and we'll help you facilitate that stuff. Um, and I, I think it's a great service. And this is something that's been um, speculated a lot about with Lightning particularly. is like what type of services are going to be built on top of it. They're obviously going to be service providers at some point in this seems like a great uh, early example of that coming to market. Yeah, basically their SDK allows any game maker to easily add Bitcoin as the, well, they kept saying Bitcoin, but really it's sats. Yeah, to add sats as their in-game currency. Um, uh, We we, we are going to link the video in the show notes. You guys should check it out because I, like that's shit's right up my alley. I got super hyped when I watched that video. I just freaked the fuck out. I, I was very excited. I think Sats, I, I think we are going to see, and a lot of people disagree with me here, I think it is going to be a major use case uh, is gaming. I think, uh, and, and you know, part of what we've seen in this crisis is that, uh, is this move to esports, a lot more esports, a lot more live gaming type of things. And I think people want to put money on the line because they're fucking people and people like gambling. Gambling is good. You know, people like doing it. It's fun. Yeah. Hopefully it comes to market for Dave Portnoy's sake. Have you seen what he's been doing? Best best trader best trader there is. <laughs> he bought he bought uh so Dave Portnoy, founder of uh Barstool Sports, my old boss, degenerate gambler. Uh the gamblers are are, are searching searching for things to gamble on and, and Dave has turned to the stock market at probably the worst time to become a day trader in the history <laughs> of the markets. Um, so hopefully for his sake, gaming, uh, add sats, sats become the standard of gaming value creation. And then you can bet on that as well. So you don't even actually have to game. You can just bet on the games. And like we were talking on Monday with NASCAR and F1, uh, moving simulations, uh, to Twitch, seems pretty possible like imagine if you get like a could you use zebedee uh could you use their zd or sdk excuse me to uh build gambling functions like on twitch they they should totally call it the zdk first of all i yeah, did no. like that i did like that and, the andre look free tip i i want i want to bet on formula one esports races with sats and then i want the winner to get a portion of the cut so the more people that are gambling on it the the more the winner gets like they'll, they'll still have a regular prize but they'll also get a, a bonus um hey Lu- and I think lewis hamilton happen. lewis hamilton if you're listening man if you're a bitcoiner let us know we'd love to have you on the pot do it lewis 
I'm a huge F1 fan now, by the way, if you freaks didn't realize. I know I know all the drivers. It's been like uh, seven days now. It's huge <laughs> fandom. Uh, yeah, I know everything. Uh, hey, update. Tails 4.4.1 is out. It's an emergency release to fix uh, security vulnerabilities in Tor browser and Tor. What the fuck's going on, Matt? Update. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. If, if you, you freaks, we've talked about Tails before. Tails is probably is. I mean, it is. It's the best way to use Tor. It's put out by the Tor Foundation. It's a live Linux distro where you run it off a USB drive, and when you pull out the USB drive, it's supposed to wipe everything. Everything defaults through Tor. Um, so as a as a piece of software, it is one of the most important things to keep updated. Um, yeah, it does. So it doesn't seem like any of your data is at risk. It seems like the tour it's a tour problem, and the update is going to prevent a major denial of service vulnerability that affects tour relays and clients. Uh, the attacker could cause tour to consume a huge amount of CPU, disrupting operations for several seconds or minutes, and creating patterns that could aid in traffic analysis. All right, so it is a tr- uh, data leak. I mean. Tor in general has like tons of Sybil issues that are just like at the fundamental level. It's just pretty much impossible to solve, but they try their best and it's a very important piece of software. So there, Hey, and put this out there. I've had talks with Brian Lockhart uh, in person and he, some people believe that Tor is just a huge honeypot or like the deep state. I'm like half, half, half. I, I, I assume the NSA can figure out what you're doing, especially if you're running a Tor hidden service. Um, maybe not if you're just like a regular Tor user, but like it depends on your threat model, right? Like if you're, if your threat model includes the U.S. government, man, like you're fucked. I, it's a, it's a very that's very difficult to add them. It becomes a lot easier if you remove them from your threat model. Um, but, you know, that's the reality we live in. So uh, I, I, I do think that Tours is the, the majority of Tor contributors are very good people that are trying their fucking best. And I'm very supportive of the project. And I think it's very important for Bitcoin, specifically the Lightning Network. Um, so we should be supporting them, but we shouldn't like have blinders. We should be trying to um improve there and 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 have have better alternatives going forward but right now it's like our, it's our best bet yeah no I mean, I mean, weighing the options either you, i mean use it in conjunction with a vpn and i think that gives you a pretty good shot and that's better than the just going naked on the internet going raw dogging it on chrome browser uh i mean yeah if, i mean if, look it's it's definitely look if you're running if if you're like running on a mac and you have you're using Tor browser. That's best case scenario on your Mac. Like there, there's no there's like pretty there's no better scenario there. Um, is it perfect? No. Um, when you add VPNs into the mix, there's all these other nuances involved. You know, are you using a hosted VPN provider? Is it your own VPN? Is it your own VPN? Your own hosted VPN? What is the server you're using it on? Are you using Tor underneath? Are you using Tor underneath the VPN? Are you using the VPN to connect to Tor? What what's your threat model? There's like a lot of different nuance there, um, but for most people, uh, if it's something super important and you're running Tor browser, you're probably in the best situation you'll be in. But it just it's always important to remember it's not perfect. 
I'm uh, very happy we got onto the. I'm very happy we got into this discussion. Because it, uh, yes, yes, a lot of nuance to this. Nuance, nuance, nuance. It's probably our favorite word on this podcast is nuance. Uh, take all this into consideration. Again, we're we're on a we're on a a path. We are striving for ideals here. Nothing is ideal out of the box. It may never be ideal. We just try to get close to those ideals. But while we're on this conversation, reminded me, uh, shout out to Bitcoin Core Dev, Carl Dong, who's been doing uh, huge work with Bitcoin to create uh, reproducible builds via Geeks so that you can have more certainty and that the code that you're you're bootstrapping when you when you download and use Bitcoin is actually the code that you think it is. Uh, he also made a very dope service for our favorite VPN, which is Mulvad. Uh, here's the tweet, the announcement tweet. Announcement, hi friends. If you know me, you know how much I love Mulvad. Uh, Mulvad's VPN, their account number system puts them at light years ahead of VPN providers. Uh, so I made a service that lets you top up your Mulvad account using Lightning, vpn.sovereign.engineering. So this is a really cool thing. I, if you're using Mulvad and uh, using Bitcoin to create these tokens, which is how they work, or how Mulvad's account system works, uh, it seems that uh, Carl has created a service that allows you to just top it up via Lightning on the go, which is pretty dope. Uh, and he has a Tor hidden service that he's running for it, which is important to use if you're going to use it. Otherwise, you will dox your IP address to him with your Mulvad account number. Um, so that's important. Uh, you know, I I like to see it. I love Mulvad. I think they're. I also agree that their account number system is the coolest fucking thing ever. I modeled Final Message off of that system um, because users aren't good at usernames and passwords. Uh, and they leak a bunch of information by itself, you know, especially if you have an email address associated with it. So Mulvad doesn't even take that. In terms of Mulvad, I mean, I just do the yearly subscription. I don't, I don't really see the need for a lightning payment there. You know, I pay with CoinJoin and, and once a year I do it. I send them $80 worth, you know, and that's, uh, there's no, uh, there's no reason for me to use lightning for it, but it's, it is a pretty cool little, little tool he built there especially if you're doing like month by month or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, different use cases for different people, different strategies for different people. I, I do the same thing. Yeah. I buy the yearly, yearly account and just top it off. And it's worth, I don't, it's worth noting that Movad has accepted Bitcoin for the longest fucking time. And they actually rolled their own, they have their own, uh, you know, they don't reuse addresses. They have their own little implementation there. Um, I remember someone was trying to like pitch them on BTC pay and it's like, no, they already got something going there and it's working. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I am very happy with Mulvad as a VPN service. Sorry for doxing my VPN service, but, uh, it's just very user friendly. It's automatic works. It lets me know when, uh, my internet connection's down. doesn't let me surf when, when the internet's down and closes all connections. It's very happy as a customer of Mulvad. If any of you guys are it's, listening, it's we're open to sponsorships. Oh my god, I would love if Mulvad, if some of the guys on Mulvad were freaks, that'd be dope. It's worth mentioning that when you use these hosted VPN providers, the main advantage they give you is that your ISP or internet service provider can't see the traffic, but you're you're moving that that trust over trust to Mulvad model. instead. Yeah. So so if Mulvad is acting in bad faith, you know they say they don't keep logs and whatnot. That could be an issue. Now, 
you could run your own VPN. You could host your own VPN in in your own server that you control locally or in a virtual private server, um, you know, that just some VPS somewhere that is run by a service. Um, the, the benefit of using a hosted VPN is that you share your IP address with a bunch of people. So, like, if you go to, like, Bitfinex or something... Um, it's not like one IP is one person. When you when you if you access it from Molvad, they might have thousand different people accessing from the same IP address. So you're able to hide in that anonymity set of of the crowd there. Yeah, yeah. Again, a lot of nuance to all this. <laughs> um, yes, be aware, be aware. We we do not have all the answers. We are we are giving you insight into how we view all of this. And when it comes to this VPN tour privacy stuff, Matt has thought a lot harder than I have. Um, but I'm happy to have some direction and Matt's help. Yeah. Speaking, we're just, we're learning and taking you guys along with us. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of direction from Matt Odell, you dropped uh, the latest TFTC guide uh, on graphene, the graphene operating system installation on Google phones, particularly the Pixel 3A, correct? Yeah, I, they support the Pixel 2, the 2XL, the 3, the 3XL, the 3A, the 3A XL. So all the Pixel 2s and the 3s they support. Now, the jump up to to the 3A and the I think also the Pixel 3, I'm not positive, is that they have, there's a secure chip in those phones. So it's a step improvement in terms of physical uh you know, like a physical threat model, someone getting access to your phone in person. So really, and, and the 3A is, is, is nice because it's a, it, it was supposed to be like a lower end model. So like right now you can buy it for $300. Um, if you buy it uh, refurbed, it's like 220. So it's super, it's, it's, it's super reasonable in price. Uh, the hardware is pretty nice. Um, it's like, it's it's great hardware. I could I am gonna I'm using this as my daily driver. Is well now I can, but I had to do the guide first. Um, so I will report back on the daily driver. But the whole idea of graphene is it's a build of Android. It's a fork of Android that has no Google services whatsoever in it. What do you mean by daily driver? Like I'm gonna use it as my main phone. Okay. Um, That's something I was not aware of. Yeah, what happened? Just to give you freaks a a some insight Behind into the, the process. Yeah, into the process. I flashed graphene successfully about a week ago, and I started playing around with it to see if it was first of all, you know, up to up to snuff. If it was, if if people were were hyping it for no reason, so I wanted to test it out. So I. I installed all these different apps and whatnot on it and made sure they worked. And Samurai worked well. Green Wallet worked well. Um, Signal worked really well. Uh, And then once I got to that point, um, I was like, okay, time to make a guide. So I had to actually flash stock Android with Google shit back onto the phone so that I could do the guide complete through right because you don't want you you need to show people like how it came out of the box so i had to erase everything i had done and then start fresh for the guide so the guide shows you the whole installation process using ubuntu um from start to finish it's 20 minutes i got it down to 20 minutes 
nice and concise. Um, and if, if you could run Linux, if you, if you know how to get Ubuntu on a computer, which to be frank is, is relatively easy. There's lots of guides out there. I might make a guide myself, but there are lots of guides out there. You put it on a USB drive you, and you install it on a computer. Um, you, you can do this. There's like a, there's a little bit of command line. I list all the commands. You can see me do it in the video in the show, in the notes underneath the guide list, every single command. You can just copy and paste them in there. Um, and anyone can do this. And I think it's, you know, it's more important than ever because we see these surveillance apparatuses that have been built out by all these governments, um, get expanded even faster now. Like they were already a problem, but they're getting expanded even faster now with the crisis. And, and Google and Apple are complicit in all this shit. They are partners in this surveillance apparatus. So, you know, you got to take your privacy into your own hands. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different options. Um, there's, you know, you got the Librem phone, there's the Purism phone. There's a lot of specific uh, models of phone. The Pine phone is one, and they have like hardware switches and they run Linux. But there's different trade offs there. The nice thing about this is you can buy a Pixel 3a with cash at like any store. They're all over the place. You don't have to worry about supply chain issues. You're not buying it from some small privacy focused company, you're buying it from Google. And you can flash this on, and it, it's, it's relatively cheap at like 200 to 300 dollars. Um, and the trade-offs are nice cause you get pretty much every Android app. Like as long as you can get an APK somewhere, you know, some, some apps you can only get on the play store, but if, if you can get an APK somewhere, if it's on F droid, which is like an open source play, play store competitor. Um, and they have like this store in F droid called Aurora store that you can then download to get around some of the ones that are play store only. Um, you can get by pretty well, you know, it's not. You know, obviously the best thing privacy-wise would be what Janine does, which is no smartphone whatsoever. Um, but as we always say here, there's all these different trade-offs, and I think this is a nice balance for someone who needs a smartphone or wants a smartphone um, but doesn't want to just completely say fuck it for their privacy. It's a nice, it's a really nice balance. And with Samurai plus Dojo plus Whirlpool, it's a really fucking nice stack. Yeah. No, it seems beautiful. What was the one big warning you gave in the beginning where if you fuck this part up, it sort of like bricks your phone? Oh, no. I mean, I, you probably won't brick your phone if you're using a, a Pixel. If you're using a Pixel and you're following the steps that I laid out, you're it's very doubtful you'll brick your phone. But uh, if you try and put it on a different type of phone, it's like hit or miss. Um, there is a possibility that you screw up a step and you could brick something. Uh, so it's important for us to cover our ass. So I put a little cover my ass thing there. Um, I also put, uh, when you, when you unlock the bootloader, it's a security mechanism. When you install new software, it wipes the phone. So you need to back up the phone. I put that disclaimer there. Um, the Verizon branded pixels do not work. I personally don't buy carrier branded phones in general. I think no one should buy carrier branded phones, but specifically the Verizon ones you can't unlock. Um, so that doesn't work. I put that disclosure there. One other thing I wanted to mention is graphene is a small project. Um, and they do accept Bitcoin donations. So if you like what they're putting out there, um, you can go to grapheneos.org slash donate. Um, I think it's really important that we, we support these privacy focused project products because, you know, if we don't, I don't know who, who, who will do that. So it's really important that we do. So consider yeah. doing that. And I know me personally with these kind of these kind of donations. I like to use my toxic change from CoinJoin. You got some, 
you know, on Samurai, the lowest is 0.01, 1 million sat. So you have like a 70 million sat UTXO sitting there or 60 million sat. Uh, oh, it's not 700,000, 600,000. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for my poor sat conversion. If you have like a 600,000 sat uh, UTXO sitting there, that's toxic change that you can't combine with other things because because of that toxicity, just send it over to uh, graphene. Yeah. Think about that toxic change. And Matt, I'm going to tip my, uh, through the, through the video, cheers you, uh, you freaks don't understand. These, these videos take Matt like seven to eight hours and he, he puts a lot of effort into this, a lot of preparation and then a lot of patience in actually creating the videos. So cheers to you. Thank you for your service. It's my pleasure. This is why. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I just, I just, I think one by one we can improve the situation. That's the only way we improve it. You know, we only improve it through, through you know, running code and supporting code. Collective individual actions. That's what's imperative, and that's the important part of of that statement is individual actions. You need to take uh, responsibility over your own self, and then the collective actions of many individuals will get us to a better spot. And a perfect segue. Uh, of why or a perfect reason of why we should use graphene segues into our next topic, which is this really scary video that got shared in a group with us earlier today. It's a company called Tectonics Geo, and they basically posted a video uh, two days ago on Twitter uh, showing the true potential impact of ignoring social distancing. Uh, so through a partnership with X, X Mode Social, uh, Tectonics Geo analyzed secondary locations of anonymized, quote unquote, I mean, they didn't put it in quotes, I'm putting it in quotes, anonymized Bullshit. mobile devices that were active at a single Fort Lauderdale beach during spring break. So basically they posted a video that said, hey, via our technology, we were able to pinpoint uh, metadata of people congregating on a beach in Fort Lauderdale. We were, able to, we were able to siphon that data off and did, did you see they uh, circled it on off. there? Like yeah, the they just circled it. Yeah. They just circled it. They could just circle then... a protest the same exact way. Just circle exactly. a protest and track all the protesters. Yeah, so they, they circled the people on the beach, spring breakers on the beach, and then in an, in an attempt to prove how the virus could spread if somebody were to uh, have it on that beach and then go home from spring break, they basically followed everybody via their cell phones across the country. And I mean, it was pretty scary like yeah if somebody did have the virus was spreading it there and they all got it and went it, yeah, it the spread country. across the country pretty quick yeah but they should not have that fucking data there's and no such thing as anonymous location data because you just well first of all they're pulling way more than just the location you know they have a unique identifier for the phone some of these companies pull like wi-fi uh networks they're connected to and stuff like that but then you just cross-reference it with where the location is moving, and you know you you figure out where they live and where they work, and you know all these different things that make it not anonymous. Like this whole idea that you could have an, an anonymous fucking location data is the biggest crock of shit ever. Um, and this already existed before Corona, um, but now they're they're actually being very brazen about their capabilities. Like you could just circle, like I said, you could circle a protest instead of a beach full of beach goers and see where all the protesters go that, that have phones that are on. Um, and that's very dangerous. We're going to, we, you know, this is, this is a fucking issue and it, and it's important that 
I, I just want to go back to graphing for a second. Graphing helps you with a lot of the location tracking, but when you, you have cell tower triangulation where they take three cell towers and see where you are in between them. So even if you have location tracking off, they can get a pretty good idea of where you're located. And graphing doesn't solve that. Like if you have a SIM card, you're, you're susceptible to that. And the only way you can really avoid that is, is, to, is to use prepaid SIMs that aren't connected to your identity and to rotate them so that if they ever get connected to your identity that you don't like give up everything. Um, and that's very hard to do. In a lot of jurisdictions, they make it very difficult to buy uh, SIMs with cash without your identity. It's a, it's a very difficult process. Uh, it is still possible, fortunately. And New York, actually, is very easy. You just go into one of those phone stores run by immigrants, pay them in cash, and they usually do not take your identity information. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention with graphing that I forgot is they did release their new update yesterday, I think, which was really good timing on the on the guide. Um, and the cool feature they added is we've talked about how iCloud um, doesn't your backups aren't uh, client side encrypted. And the reason Apple says is because they say that users will forget their password and if they forget their password, they can't get their backup for their phone. So it's just to help users out. But really what it does is it provides a backdoor access to your phone where the government doesn't even have to get physical access to your phone. They can just go straight to iCloud and see everything in iCloud. What Graphene just did was they added um, something called Seed Vault, which is by the Cadillacs Institute. Um, I want to get the spelling right for that institute. Um, but the idea is, oh, it's the Calyx Institute, C-A-L-Y-X Institute. They make this piece of software called Seed Vault. And what's really cool about it is it creates an encrypted local backup. And the encryption is a 12-word seed phrase, which Bitcoiners are, are very comfortable with. So you can then take that backup. You can put it on a USB drive. You can put it in, in cloud storage if you want or somewhere else, depending on your threat model. And they need, you need the 12-word seed phrase to access it, which I think is a very elegant way to have private backups. Because backups are important. You, know? it's, you, you can't just say no backups. Uh, people want backups. And this is like a very, I think it's a very elegant way to handle it. Yeah. See, I mean, graphing wasn't on my radar at all until you brought them up <clears throat> in the conversations leading up to this. Oh, I can't speak right now. <clears throat> in the conversations leading up to this tutorial, um, it seems like it's a dope software. And again, like the ideal is to strive for these open source softwares that, that make things a lot easier and a lot better um, for privacy and sovereignty, particularly. God, there's so much nuance to take into uh to take into consideration with all this stuff like this, the Fort Fort Lauderdale spring break tracking is just like, fuck, how fucked are we already? Like, is it even, is it even worth fighting back? And I would argue, I yes. Just, sounds like a cuck mentality, Marty. <laughs> no, the cuck mentality would be like, no, we're fucked. Uh, uh, just give up, lay over, let them right, track yeah. us. I don't care. I just, I want, um, it does seem daunting though. It seems daunting. Right. I, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed because every little bit helps. Like as long as you realize that nothing is perfect, you know, especially for the average user that you'll never hit perfect, that's fine. Incremental improvements are still a net benefit. It's still important um, to improve your specific situation. Yes. No. And 
again, highly recommend after listening to this, go listen to the Liberty Blitzkrieg episode. I'm going to drop tomorrow. And if you're listening to this after the 26th uh, that I dropped at some point in the past, uh, there is there is a lot of optimism. And I think, I think there's going to be a great awakening after this particular crisis. Uh, 08, obviously we had Occupy Wall Street and there was a little bit of an awakening. And I think that's what incited people like me and you to go seek out alternatives like Bitcoin and set down this path of creating content around uh, self-sovereignty and freedom in the digital age. I think this particular crisis, which is a combination, and we'll, we'll transition this conversation into what's going on with the stimulus bill and everything that comes uh, uh, comes with that. I think we're going to hit a tipping point now where this is a combination in my mind of like 9-11, uh, 2008 financial crisis and all wrapped into one. So 9-11, we had the Patriot Act where they tried to take civil liberties, they did take civil liberties from us uh, using leveraging our fear. 2008, just pure financial crisis. They used that to bail out uh, the elite class. And now we have basically a similar crisis with the coronavirus where civil liberties are being taken. Uh, like the CDC, uh, if this stimulus bill does get signed by President Trump and passed by the House, uh, it seems that the CDC will be getting $500 million to create an app within 30 days that tracks us uh, and whether or not we have been sick, gotten the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then on top of that, we're also bailing out. Yeah, we're not getting the chip. Don't get the chip. But on top of that, they're bailing out the elite class again. So it's a combination of those two things rolled into one. And I just think I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm too optimistic, but I think this is the impetus for another great awakening, probably with more uh, more effect than the 2008 crisis. But Marty, they're paying us off with a twelve hundred dollar check that we have to pay taxes on. <laughs> Oh, Why can't we just take the <laughs> we taxes out ahead of time? We have to pay taxes on that? Yeah, you got to file your income taxes based on it. Oh, it's my ridiculous. God. Wow. Why even pay taxes? They can just print the money, dude. It's basically, it's I haven't like had basically time to... a handout to uh, like all the tax preparation software and whatnot. Oh, my God. Fuck. All right, no, we're trying to keep a positive vibe here on this episode, but Uncle Marty's a few glasses of wine deep. <laughs> Fuck these people. Are you kidding me? Like, t- two weeks ago, is everybody's getting $2,000 a month plus $1,000 per kid, and now it's just one $1,200 payment they got to pay taxes on? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fucking, it's fucking bullshit. And then, they wanna, and then they want to, and then they want to take our civil liberties too. They're going to start tracking us. They're going to start using metadata, making sure we got vaccinated. They're not going to roll it back. They're no. already doing a lot of that shit. To be fair, yes. but they're going to escalate it. But now it's written in the law, and like we have less recourse if we want to fight back. You take that if this you gets see, passed. You take you take that to the Supreme Court. They're like, hey, it's a law. There's nothing you can do. And they they are bailing out. It looks like well the. So the the stimulus bill passed the Senate with flying colors. I think it was like 97 to 0. 96 Um, to 0. I think one withheld. So now it has to go through the House. So it hasn't gone through the House yet. But it does have a bailout for cruise lines and Boeing, right? Burn it the fuck down. We're taking Ben Hunt's words here. We know he's not a 
a Bitcoin ally at this point, but burn it the fuck down. Stay Meanwhile, positive. we have the economy shut down. Um, we have the government telling us that coronavirus is bad, but we shouldn't wear face masks. They're telling us that face masks don't work, but standing six feet apart works, um, which, okay, bullshit. Um, and meanwhile, like if they actually, if the virus is a fucking issue, which it's, uh, to be honest, it does seem like it is an issue. We should be like, people should be encouraged to wear any kind of face covering possible. Like even it's a net benefit. It's like what we go back to what we were talking about before. Like, are they perfect? Like if you wear like a cloth mask or a scarf or something like that? No, but like people should be wearing face coverings. We should be removing regulations. So like the New York City Garment District can be producing face masks um, of whatever efficacy there are, just so people have face coverings on. Um, and 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 that's how you get the economy restarted quicker. That's how you fix a lot of this bullshit. I mean, it's already a house of cards. We, we talked about this before. Like they, Their perspective is that it was a perfectly good economy before this all happened, which was not the fucking case. But... Where's the, where are the priorities? What, what, everything we hear is bullshit. It's just like, it's, it's fucking infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. And this goes back to last episode. I love this country. I love Americans. Okay. But the government can go fuck themselves. They don't care about us. And, 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 and they are so short-sighted. They are extremely short-sighted. They are, they're not short-sighted. They're they just don't country. give a fuck. They're not short-sighted. They don't give a fuck about us, dude. They do not care about us. No, they care about the entrenched interests that get them. Well, they're short-sighted, not in their their pol. Well, they're short-sighted in their policy implementations, but not short-sighted in that they're actually reacting to try to help us. They're trying to react to try to get themselves more re to get themselves reelected. Like they do not care about us. They, like their reactions to. This crisis is simply uh, in an aim to get reelected, not to protect the American people. Reelected and more money. It's it's short sighted greed is what it is. It's not long term, you know, for the best of the country. No, and, exactly. And they don't care. That's what I was. Tra- that's what I was trying to highlight last week. That's what I'm concerned about. You know, I'm concerned about a political system that is, does, isn't low time preference, a political system that's high time preference and is fucking digging its own grave. That's well, what's that's, happening. And well, it's that's fucking the point infuriating. I was, and that's why you got to listen to the Michael Krieger episode. That's, and that's what I was trying to allude to earlier is that the awakening is going to happen where people are like, all right, we've been through this, again, three times in the first 20 years of the 21st century. And we were young when 9-11 happened. We were in college high school going into college at least me you're in college already as the 2008 crisis and now we're considered adults and we've we've seen some shit in our lives we've seen a lot of shit in our lives that's actually crazy the the first 30 years of our life uh what we've seen 9-11 uh dot-com bubble 9-11 uh, 2008 crisis and now this crisis we are pretty hardened warriors in the in the battle against the state and their fuckery like there is going to be a great awakening and then couple that with uh, the zoomers who have never known a world without the internet the the pace at which the incumbent system moves is just not fast enough and that's being blatantly highlighted with the mask situation that you just why the fuck do people need to go hand 
hand out head up to the FDA, like, can we please make some masks to, to get on people's faces so they don't spread the disease? It's fucking it's, it's so fucking stupid. It's inf- it's in- it's infuriating. Just to, the 2008 collapse was actually like the first three weeks of freshman year at business school for me. That was yeah. uh, it's a good, great way to get educated. Yeah, yeah. No, I was a year behind you, and I was like, okay, "You freaks have heard this story," but it's just like we've seen some shit. And I looked. My my dad's a Gen Xer, and, I, and this shit has fucked up his his career like many times. Like he's been very successful at what he does, and then like every eight years, a little crisis comes around and throws a big wrench in it. You know. How about the market? How about S- the S and P going up? Over six percent at the same, same time that the news came out that three point one, what three point three million people jobless. It doesn't and make any sense. The height of the two thousand eight crisis was like five hundred thousand people or something. Oh my god! See, this is what's going to wake people. A, some dystopian bullshit. Is yeah. what that is. But luckily, it's because the they pendulum- scared people out of holding cash because of the fucking stimulus. And infinite QE. It's like, we're just going to take, your cash is going to get devalued unless you plow it back into equities. Oh, and, and hey, just buy the index. Don't try to pick stocks. Just buy the index, passively invest. Passive investing is the way to go. The stock market is historically going to go up from bottom left, top right. There may have a hiccup in between. This is not a hiccup, people. This is a puke. Like, this, this shit is not going to, like... Eh, maybe it may recover, but we'll have a Jap- Japanification. I don't think we're ever going to have, I don't think we'll ever go 100 to 200% above the all-time high that we reached a couple months ago. Again, like I don't think that's coming back. Demographics are not going to allow well, that. And then on top of that, even if it does do that, as has happened for the last decade, uh, most of the people in the country are not going to, uh, benefit from that appreciation as not the economy as the stock market and the people no. that own those assets are much well off than your average american it makes more sense when you realize the dollar's losing value like we might hit all-time highs again uh but if you price it in gold there's this chart floating around uh where you price the s&p in gold like we didn't hit a new all-time high the last the last cycle was the all-time high we we were like half halfway there this time um yeah I believe, and, and I believe- because if you price it in if you price your markets in shitty money, you know, this is what happens. Like, you hit new all-time highs all the time. <sighs> I thought we were going to stay positive, and now I'm so pissed off. Fuck these people, man. We should price they the don't S&P give it- in Dogecoin. Then we'll hit all-time highs all the time. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, Doge. Uh, yeah. Fuck these people, man. It's insanity, but luckily... Turn it back positive. We have tools in place. Thank God we have Bitcoin this time around. You have the opportunity to opt out. Thank God we have communication tools that are, even though Twitter is not great and it is censoring people, I think it is still good enough that we can communicate with each other. These Net benefit. Tool, net benefit. And on top of that, there's more open source software. Uh, people are starting to build out mesh networks and stuff like that. We're starting to be able to send... Bitcoin transactions via satellite waves, uh, radio waves, two satellites, excuse me. Uh, I think we're in a much better spot 
to create a bottom-up revolution this time around than any point in the last 30 years. Like we have tools that we can use and are using. We are using Bitcoin. This is why we do this fucking podcast is to wake people up that these tools exist and we can use them. We are using them. We will continue to use them. They're only getting stronger and people are only more and more people are only waking up to the fact that the incumbent system does not work. It is not sustainable in the long run. I think we are going to see a renaissance may not be in three months, may not be in a year, two years, three years out, three to 20 years from now. I think we're really going to see a strong pendulum swing towards people actually building shit that lasts and is actually uh, anti-fragile to use an inserto buzzword. <laughs> Bitcoin and Bitcoiners give me hope. You know, I, I'm able to communicate encrypted with friends from all around the world that share the same exact mission. Um, and that just frankly was not possible before. And it's super, you know, it, it's empowering. fantastic to see. It makes me happy. It's empowering. Yes, the invid- individual is getting empowered. Um, but it just, it's, it's how I keep going on. It's, it's, it's my passion. And I share that passion with people around the fucking world. Um, and that's fucking cool. You know, that's really cool. And I'm optimistic in that, in that respect. Um, but when it comes to, you know, nation states and and specifically our nation state, very, very pessimistic. What is a nation state though? Who makes up a nation state? We do. Again, going back to the the comment earlier, we are going to, we're going to fix this with the collection of individual actions. It just honestly takes speaking up, standing up saying, Hey, fuck you. We're all humans on this earth. Uh, who are you to tell me what to do, uh, especially after you fucked up the world to this extent? Like, and the techno- again, the technologies now exist where you can take that power and you can leverage technology uh, like never before to protect yourself against these entrenched, typically state powers. Like, this is, we have the opportunity here. Uh, and again, that's why I'm so optimistic. And even though it may not sound like it, uh, there is a positive message here. Super. Like I think we are going, going to fix this because the technology exists. It's there. People are getting angrier and angrier, and they're going to seek out alternatives. And luckily for us, this time around, alternatives exist. People are very much working on them. They're very enthralled by them. And I think I, again, the the gene, Pandora's box has been opened. There's no shutting it at this point. There's no forgetting about how Bitcoin works. Once you know how Bitcoin works, you don't forget that. You don't you don't go back unless you're like a butt coiner and say, ah, Bitcoin's going to fail. Or not that Bitcoin's going to fail. Once you know how Bitcoin works, you understand its distributed nature and how powerful it is. You don't forget that. Like You, it, you don't revert to the incumbent system. Let me put my- it this way. Pre... Pre-2008, I was like a rah-rah American, you know? I was, all, all the patriotic bullshit that I, w- I was completely in that, in that realm. I was, you know, diehard American citizen. Now I consider myself more a citizen of the world. Um, where, you know, there's, there's, I have friends around the world from all different countries that I share very strong bonds with. Um, and I feel like we're all in this together. Uh, and that is a, 
is a paradigm shift in the way my perspective is on how I view everything. Um, and I, I hope that we see that happen. And I think the internet really facilitates that, right? And I hope we see that happen more and more on an individual basis um, to, to people everywhere. I agree. All right, let's end it on on that positive note. I've, uh, Wait, can I've we been... end it on a negative note? Because I kind of wanted to talk about a, a negative topic. What, Taiwan? I have some positive... I have some positive shout outs as well. Um, yeah, the Taiwan surveillance thing. Did you see this? Uh, Are you clicking the link now? It's so bad, dude. You got to see the tracking they're doing in Taiwan with the excuse of the coronavirus. They're tracking phone location. And just to make sure you don't leave your phone at home, they have someone from the government call you twice a day to make sure you pick up right away. And if you don't pick up, they send someone to your, uh, to your house, to your home. So this guy... He had just gotten back to Taiwan, um, so he was in an extra heightened quarantine uh, than people that had been living there already, uh, so it was worth noting that. Uh, his phone battery died at 7.30 a.m., and, they, and, and they, sent, they sent police over to his, to his house to see what was going on and make sure that he was enforcing the quarantine. What a fucking punch to police in the face. Just kidding. Dude, it's so fucked up. That's fucked nah, up. I probably okay. I, you you probably would not punch the police in the face in that situation. I I don't. No, but I would want to. Fuck you. Okay, so I have some positive shout outs. Um, well, I guess this is kind of negative. Bitcoin twenty twenty was supposed to be going on right now, and I was super excited for it. We had a bunch of workshops planned. Um, it was we were going to play a big part in the conference. Uh, so that's just kind of sad. Like I, I see like all my calendar notifications are coming in. Um, and that like really, that, that hit me hard this week. Um, BTC X Zelko on Twitter. Uh, one of the guys behind Ronan Dojo was on Stefan Levera's podcast. Everyone should go listen to that. Uh, he's a super inspiring dude. He had no tech background whatsoever. Um, but saw a need, and that need was making it easier to run Samurai Dojo, your full node, and he fucking did it. He, like, made it happen. So he should be an inspiration for all you freaks. He's an inspiration for me. Um, I'm looking forward to running Ronin Dojo. I'm going to have a whole guide on it coming up, so everyone should go check that out. And then the other thing is uh, Crypto Cloaks sent me uh, a custom case for my Raspberry Pi 4, which I'm going to use in the guides, Um and I told him to surprise me, and he sent me this case, and it says, stay humble, stack sats on the front, and it says, are sats, are sats my safe haven on the bottom, and it's fucking awesome. I fucking love it. I love it. It was a great surprise, and I just wanted, I wanted to, to say thank you on air for that because that was fucking fantastic. Yeah, Matt got me with the uh, are sats, sats my safe haven before we recorded. I thought he was trying to correct or asking what I was asking him. And it was a rhetorical question. Yes. Yeah. He, it is our safe. He area. asked me, he, he asked me, are you drinking on this episode? And I responded, are sats my safe haven? <laughs> and then I went and grabbed a bottle of wine. I'm sorry if I got a little too tipsy, a little too, uh, passionate there towards the end freaks. If, again, it feels like we're at a inflection point. Like I, I hope my passion comes off as proverbial shaking not shaking, but like, hey, we should pay attention to this and and you should care about this. And uh, thank you for listening. If you guys are liking this, we're going to put out five uh, five pieces of content on the podcast this week. 
Yeah, Monday's episode, we did episode with Elizabeth Prefontaine. People really liking, uh, did that on Tuesday. Controversial, J.W. Weatherman was on the podcast yesterday with uh, Giacomo Zucco. We did not talk about Bitcoin. We talked about statism, and I thought that was actually a very good conversation. Today's episode, tomorrow with Michael uh, Krieger from Liberty Liberty Blitzkrieg. Um, yeah, we're pumping it out. The, the quarantine's got me and Matt. The graphing uh, guide. Yeah, the graphing guide came out today. Uh, Bents are coming out as scheduled. We'll have the SAT standard on Saturday as well. Um, I'm more motivated than ever. People are, I, again, going back to it, I think people are going to be seeking alternatives after they smell the bullshit coming from the incumbent system, uh, from the empire. And that's what we're here for. I'm, I'm happy that you freaks are here. If you guys are liking it, please subscribe wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Uh, if you guys want to give shout outs, go to tftc.io slash contribute. Um, and if you want to throw donations our way for any reason, you can do that there as well. I love you, freaks. Donate to graphene through toxic change. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love. <laughs>